Welcome to the Active Knoxville podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to helping you live an active and healthy lifestyle here in Knoxville. We will do this by providing you with practical and evidence-based health and fitness information. My name is Blake Bohannon, and I am a performance physical therapist here in Knoxville. My personal mission is to empower you to take ownership of your health. Along the way, I will interview the top health and fitness professionals in the area who can help you stay healthy, keep moving, and live a fulfilling life. I hope you enjoy the show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Active Knoxville podcast. This is your host, Dr. Blake Bohannon, and I've got with me Zach Quayle, who owns and runs CrossFit Courageous. So, Zach, are you part of Knoxville's fittest couple? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know about that, uh, but my wife and I, Kate, we, we do like to work out, um, and we like to get after it. We like to compete. And so, um, I mean, I don't know if we are, but, uh, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> it I is just... something we enjoy doing together. That's for sure. All right, cool. I just want to throw you off, off topic there <laughs> at the beginning. So we want to hear your story about getting CrossFit courageous going and what, what was your motivation for wanting to open a CrossFit gym in the beginning? Yeah. So, oh man, Today's actually our five-year anniversary. Uh, July 1st, 2016 is when we opened. Um, so it's been five years. And owning the gym is kind of something that I knew from a very early age that I wanted to do. Uh, thankfully, it um, happened a lot quicker than uh, I even anticipated it happening. I was very fortunate um, to have this opportunity presented to me five years ago. Um, and... I, I just do it for the, for the love of the people, uh, coaching and, and working with, uh, other individuals, something that I had a strong passion for even, even at an early age. And I ended up starting CrossFit when I was in high school, uh, shout out to Johnny Davis at CrossFit Knoxville, who, uh, trained me when I was, um, playing baseball and, uh, in high school. And so I actually had some exposure to kipping pull-ups. I remember watching Johnny on the rig, like almost shaking it, uh, and being like, what on earth is this, uh, doing Metcons with 95 pound power cleans that were kicking my butt. Uh, I actually hated working out in high school. Uh, I was a baseball player. It was all about playing the game of baseball to me. So I hated going to weight training sessions, but I actually got exposed to CrossFit then, um, in high school and ended up taking a lot of the lessons learned through that into college, um, and really got into, um, working at, uh, with CrossFit Invictus and Kelly Sturette and doing a lot of that stuff okay. to try to keep me healthy playing baseball in college. So were you um, working out at CrossFit Invictus? No, 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 no. I was, I was following the, uh, the old school Invictus comp blog by myself oh, okay. for like three years, uh, in our college weight room at Ave Maria. Okay, cool. And you said you learned lessons, um, in high school that you took into college. What were those lessons that you learned? Just, uh, mostly just like, you know, the, some of the basic principles of CrossFit uh, okay. and the uniqueness to that style of training of taking a gymnastics implement and a conditioning implement and a uh, weightlifting implement and, and kind of doing some mixed modal training. And, and really the big thing for me was actually the mobility required to do a lot of the Olympic lifts and some of the movements that we were doing in high school required that I actually needed to have like adequate shoulder mobility. And yeah, sure. I found that a lot of those like focusing on trying to move better ended up making me a better baseball player because 
uh, now I was able to take my shoulder through a lot more range of motion, takes my hips through a lot more range of motion. I was able to increase my velocity on the mound. So those kind of things were mostly the biggest lessons learned where I was like, oh, you don't need to be strong to be a good baseball player. But I uh -huh. think a lot of those uh, principles really helped uh, me when I was uh, playing ball in college. Okay, cool. I think we're seeing that in the top levels of a lot of sports that people don't traditionally think that strength training or like uh, capacity training is going to be effective for like even golf. You know, you don't see top level golfers and golfers not working out anymore. Right. Even those sports that people traditionally. Right. Don't yeah. You of. see guys like Bryson DeChambeau. He's freaking jacked. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I feel like you're seeing people in all sports, like realizing that strength and conditioning is super important if you want to achieve the top level. Right. Yep. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So when did you decide that you were going to actually become a CrossFit coach? Uh, I ended up getting my L1 when I was in college. Um, I had come back for the summer. I ended up taking the summer off playing summer ball. Uh, going into my senior year, I just wanted to make sure that my shoulder was uh, healthy for base. Probably was going to be my final year of uh, playing baseball. And I got really into CrossFit that summer. Um, I was working out at CrossFit Knoxville. And so it was my first affiliate experience, even though I'd been exposed to it in high school. I did it by myself in college with a couple friends here and there. Uh, but that was really my first kind of taste at being an affiliate. And so that summer I ended up getting my L1 as well, started getting into coaching. Knew that once I hung up the spikes playing baseball, I was going to dive into uh, getting into CrossFit, starting to, to coach and, uh, you know, trying to com to compete some as an individual as well. Um, so I ended up getting my L1 that summer and uh, started, slowly started getting into coaching. Um, and, and yeah, and then started coaching more and gain gaining more experience from, from that point after, uh, after I, I graduated, moved back to Knoxville. Uh, and then I ended up starting coaching pretty much full-time. Okay. So you're coaching full-time at CrossFit Knoxville. Is yep. that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Just assume that was the relationship. So that's funny. That's a uh, Johnny's second uh, shout out already. Yeah, I know. On, yeah. <laughs> on the podcast, yeah. second one. Yeah, yeah he's. Kinda, I mean, he's a. That's where Derek he's like the to. patriarch of uh, of the CrossFit community in Knoxville. So that's funny. Oh, that's what I'll label his episode. We've been talking about <laughs> when I'm going to interview him, and it'll just be the patriarch. That's of right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. He'll like that. I'll bring that up. So, uh, what do you think was different about going to an affiliate? Cause I did the same thing. I started working out in my parents' garage was my first experience with CrossFit with, uh, Oh, one of your members, Paul Summers. Yeah. Yeah. Me and him started working out in my parents' garage, accumulated all the equipment together. Like we subbed out moves that we didn't have equipment for until we bought it, all that kind of stuff that you do when you get started. Yeah. But what was the big difference when you jumped into working out in like an actual CrossFit gym? The bit, the biggest difference is two things. One, I just loved being around people. Um, I've always been a geese goose. I don't say people person anymore. I say geese goose because that meme. Geese goose? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw that meme a long time ago that said I'm a people person. Then it was a, a picture of a goose that said I'm a geese goose. So now every oh, every time I use that phrase, <laughs> I just I just go with the geese goose. Uh, so I just love being around people. And so um, now I had that social aspect that before I would just go into the gym by myself. I was doing all the sessions by myself. I was very intrinsically motivated, so it worked for me. But once I got the taste of being around other people who, and I played team sports my whole life too. So being around other people who are like working towards the same goal as you, I was just like, yeah, this is it. And wow. then the it's second thing is like, and this is something that I still tell people to this day is you just, you simply cannot replace the intensity that you're going to get in a group setting. So I thought I was, 
training hard when I was working out by myself, you get into like a class at an affiliate and you're like, oh my gosh, I, I'm doing the same workout that I maybe had done, but like the intensity level just gets taken up another five, 10 notches. And so for me, I loved that because I was one, I was getting my butt kicked. I was working a lot harder and I was being surrounded by other people. So for me, it was like, I was just, I was loving every, every minute of it. Yeah. I'm the same way. It doesn't really matter. Like I've tried to follow uh, competition programming on my own sometimes. And it's just, that's why I noticed I'm in the middle of a workout. The intensity isn't the same. And so I might do a workout that I think looks easier on paper with my class at CrossFit, but it, I actually end up with a more intense workout. Right. So yeah. that brings up kind of a interesting point. So what do you think is more important? Is it the intent of the workout that you're doing or is it the programming? So it's like programming versus like the mindset of the athlete and maybe the mindset that the coach communicates needs to be had in and the environment created for the intensity of that workout. Right. I think, I think that's a good point. And I think, uh, I think programming is honestly the most overrated component. And I say overrated, that's relative to people's opinions of how important it is. Am right. I saying people think it, it's a magic pill, right? Am I saying bonus. it's not important? No. Am I saying that if you want to build your fitness, do you need to be on a good program? Yes. But is it the end all be all? Uh, and is it the most important important thing? I would say no. And, and even the programming is just the workout that's written on the board or the whiteboard. It, it may be turned into the TV monitor now these days, but yeah, we <laughs> still have the, we still have the old school whiteboard up and we still write the workouts up with a, with a dry erase marker. So I'll still use whiteboard here, but what, what's written on the whiteboard is just the skeleton. Like it, the real programming is actually the message that's being relayed from the coach to the members. So to answer your question, yes, the intent is everything. And actually the intent is, in my opinion, what it's almost like the soul of the, if the workout, if like the five rounds for time of 500 meter row, 30 toes to bar, if that's what's written up there and that's the skeleton, the soul is what is the intent? What is the stimulus? And so if you're lacking that, you're missing a massive, massive part of, um, of fitness in my opinion. So I, I think that Real, coaches relaying that message to the members and having that intent is really the key to success. Okay. So it's coaches over programming, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. So, um, we talked a little about intensity and I think that's something that people associate with CrossFit. It's something that's needed for the benefits to be realized, but it's something that scares a lot of people away from CrossFit. So is CrossFit dangerous and is it for people who only want to work out at a high intensity or is it only for intense people? Right. So, you know, that, that's a question back in the day we used to get a lot and I know it's still, um, it pops up nowadays, but the answer, I think to answer your question is no, you do not need, you don't need to be fit to go to a CrossFit gym. No, it's not meant for intense people only. Is there a time and place for intensity? Yes. Is there a time and place for low intensity? Yes. And so I think the best solution is to understand when, what the time and place is for certain things and to actually fulfill them when the time comes. When the time comes for the fire breathers to have to take a step back and to do something very low intense or 
take a rest day every once in a while. Yeah. You know, like the, it's that? the conversation that there's some people at the gym that I need to talk to about, Hey, you need to take some days off. And then there's other people who it's like, Hey, you need to give me more. And that's just kind of meeting people where they're at and knowing that there's a time and a place for everything. So are some days supposed to be intense? Yes. And on the days that are more intense, it also is going to come with low skill, usually non-weight bearing, and it's usually non-eccentric as well. So those are the days that it's like, it's very safe to push the throttle on. Uh, and you wake up the next day and your body's like, okay, I handled that. Like I'm not super sore because it was pretty non-weight bearing. Think about like the assault bike. That's like the prime example of something that you can really push the intensity yeah, on. There's nothing to hurt um, yourself on. It's yeah. just like go all out and you could fall on the floor. Afterwards. Yeah. But something like, you know, cycling power cleaning jerks at 185, maybe only for someone who's very skilled at that movement, you know? So, right. um, you know, it totally depends on what the workout is. Totally p- depends on the day, the person. Uh, and that's kind of a conversation that I tend to have with people individually rather than globally. Uh, but to answer your question, if CrossFit is dangerous, I, I mean, I think the, the, the idea of safety is an illusion. Uh, can anything be dangerous? Absolutely. But I think the important thing about CrossFit is you're always going to have a professional set of eyes on you. You're always going to have someone who's making sure that you're performing the movements with uh, the proper range of motion. And I think that that is going to be the key to your health and longevity playing the long game. Yeah. Um, but I also think that it's us as coaches understanding that we need to sometimes throw the standards out the window. Like that's been a big coaching evolution that I've made in the last five years is if you're coaching under the standards of what, for lack of a better word, the standards of CrossFit, like, I think you're missing a big part of the movement. Um, cause I think the standard should not necessarily be hip crease below the knee. The standard should be what can that person safely squat with, with their current either limb length, their current mobility, their current background, their training age, and that becomes their standard of the squat. Can that standard, can that range of motion improve over time? Absolutely. And then they just build a new standard in for themselves. But to, you know, force people to meet the certain set range of motion when they're not there. And I think that's what can lead you to running into some problems. So, um, it could it be dangerous. Sure. But I, I don't think that that is CrossFit's fault. Yeah. So once again, it's coaching over these like dog- dogmas, I guess, right. like having a smart right. coach that's yeah. going to guide you to get the stimulus that's right for you for that day is going to be the most important thing to keep you safe and to make your workouts the most effective. That's why I would rather refer somebody to a CrossFit coach that I trust than just about any other fitness program, because I know that they can, everything can be scaled to them. Right. And you can, you know, if there's complex movements they don't have yet, but intensity is the goal for the day, then they, the coach is going to know how to change that workout to get the stimulus that the athlete needs for that day. Or sometimes it is getting better at a movement. And so we're going to turn the intensity down, right? I think you talked about that too. Right. So yep. it's and all it's, about addressing the goal for the day. Yeah. And it's and it's understanding the principles over the methods. Because if you understand the principles, those are going to be the universal truths. If you know the squat so well, and this is something that we talk about to our coaches, is I'm not, I'm not going in today to teach the overhead squat or the front squat or the air squat. I'm teaching Blake to squat. I think there's a massive difference between that because if you're teaching the squat, then you're just going to memorize the points of performance 
and you're just right. going to regurgitate them to the class. But then you're not actually teaching it. You're you're basically right. just trying to make everybody people look get the that same. from YouTube, right? Right. And so if you start learning more about the squat and say, okay, if someone is ducking their feet out, why? Or if someone has a narrow stance, why? Or if someone has a wide stance, why? If someone comes on their toes, why? If you're always trying to find the answers and you start understanding the squat, then you can start teaching people how to squat for them. And I think that that is um, another really important concept that's going to help the members of the gym really start to get better uh, in the long run. Yeah, that's awesome. So what would you say to someone who's been doing CrossFit a while and says they're getting burned out on it? Um, I would, I would take a look at their training. I would watch them work out for a week and, and see what, see what they're lacking either from their mental approach or from physically what, what they're doing. Um, you know, going back to your question about time and time and place and should every day be intense? Absolutely not. Uh, should you be doing hero workouts every day? No. Does that mean you're never supposed to do a hero workout? No. So it's about finding the balance. And if you're getting burnout, there's probably something that's not, that's out of balance. And so I would just try to find out what that was. It is it, is it your mental, is it the mental side of training? Is it your mental approach or is it simply the easy answer that you may be doing too much? Or are you under recovered? Like, let's take a look at your sleep. I think that's, you know, one of the most important things. That's usually the first question I go to people when we're talking about health or performance or really anything as how do you sleep? Because that is your body's way of telling you it's your own biofeedback every day of is what I am doing working. If you're not sleeping well, then it's probably not working. Um, so that's, that's usually the first place I like to go. Now, if it's, if sleep's not an issue, then great. Then we can move on and start looking at other things. But, um, that's usually the place I start and cause that's usually where, uh, you'll start to see that people do not sleep well. Yeah. I, I find myself talking to patients about that a lot too, because sleep is very closely associated with the amount of pain that people experience. And so a lot of times I'll talk like if people are experiencing pain every day. There's like my back hurts so bad by the other day. A lot of times what you'll find is like, I'm sleeping four and a half hours a night, you know, and yeah. it, it, they don't think that it's correlated. And, um, I mean, I slept like four hours a night in college and I thought that was no problem. And then I realized like, right. Oh, if I get eight hours, like yeah. I'm so much better, you know, yeah. and now I can't do less than six or I'm like, a complete zombie. I can't even function. So, right. And then, and then it's teaching people that it's like, Hey, it's not, it's not just about getting eight hours of sleep because I can sit and lay in my bed with my eyes closed uh-huh. for the sake of getting my eight hours, but actually getting good sleep. Like there's a difference between good sleep and just sleep. And so I think similar to training, it's that relationship between intensity and volume. If the volume goes up, the intensity is probably going to come down. If the intensity goes up, the volume is probably going to come down. So could you be sleeping too much? Probably, maybe, I don't know. I'd have to, you know, I'd have to talk to you or take a look at any type of data that you'd be using. Do you wear an aura ring or a, a whoop strap or something like that? Uh-huh. Um, but I think, you know, on both sides, could you not be sleeping enough? Sure. Could you be sleeping too much? Maybe, uh, so it, it's just case by case. I think a lot of people, uh, they like to, it's really nice when things are black and white, but I think the reality is, is that things aren't, they're a little more complex and, uh, 
a lot of times we want the easy answers, the yes or no's, but a lot of times it, it, it ends up being a lot more than that that you need to break right. down. But you can, you can work tirelessly on changing your nutrition and changing up your training, but if you're not sleeping well, then those things are only going to marginally make a difference. Yeah, uh, sleep's huge. So let's see here. I want to. I definitely want you to talk about your competition that you're putting on, the Big Orange Brawl. Yeah, yeah, right. And so, uh, when is that? And what is the first qualifying event already over, or is it going on right now? Or when does it start? The road to the brawl this year is going to go through an online qualifier, and okay. so that's going to start on August second. And there's going to be three workouts that get released August second. The deadline to submit those first three events is going to be August 9th, and that's also when the second week's workouts are going to be released. So it's two weeks. It's six events. If you finish in the top 10 of whatever division you've signed up for, and we've got RX, intermediate, scaled, divisions for individuals and for teams, if you finish in the top 10, then you get an invite to come to the main event, which is going to be at CrossFit Courageous um, the first weekend in October. Okay, sick. So it's all... Online until it's in person. Online, and then, okay. yep, it'll be in person uh, at CrossFit Courageous this year. And it'll be our first year doing a weekend competition. Last year was the first time we did multi-day. Uh, but we had the scaled individuals and teams go on Saturday and the RX individuals and teams go on Sunday. Okay. This year, it's going to be a weekend event for everybody who's competing. So you'll have oh, wow. a couple events a day uh, each day. Well, Friday night will be RX only, and then Saturday, Sunday will be all divisions competing. Okay, so only RX will have to work out two days? Is that what I picked up? Or RX will be three days, and all oh, of the okay. divisions will That's be two I days. Yeah, so the event's going to kick okay. off um, under the lights Friday night with okay. uh, an event that's just for... Um, the RX division. Okay. That's why I missed. And then it goes all the way through Sunday and then all the way through Sunday. Yep. Okay. That's yep. going to be awesome. Yeah. We really cool. were, we're super pumped for this year. Um, but we're already starting that big orange brawl 2022 planning. So we're, we're super pumped. So are you trying to grow the brawl into a bigger event? Um, we like the, I don't know if we want it necessarily to be a ginormous, massive event because we really like the idea of giving the athletes a really unique experience. And that's something that we've really prided ourselves in and have devoted a lot of time into is like giving the athletes who are participating in our event such a uniquely awesome experience. Like we started it with the idea of trying to give anyone who does CrossFit like the treatment that they're like a games athlete. And so that's that's how we went into starting the event. And as long as we keep that feel to it, we want to continue to grow. But if it grows beyond the point where we can no longer obviously feel like we can provide that unique athlete experience, that's going to be awesome. Then we'll, we'll, we'll trim it down and dial it back. So we're, we're in that stage where we are still growing. Um, I don't think we've hit yet our, our max for athletes or competitors. Um, but we do like to keep it a little more, uh, personal and inclusive. And that's, that's been one of my favorite parts about hosting the event is it has connected me with so many people, uh, throughout the Southeast and, uh, we still stay in touch and I still, you know, talk to people. So it, it's, it's given me, um, that opportunity just to build more relationships, which is what I love doing. And that's why I'm, why I'm a, an affiliate owner and a, and a coach and now an event organizer. And so, uh, I just, I love meeting people. I love connecting with them. Um, I love people who are passionate about CrossFit because I am, um, and I love talking to them about it. So is that kind of your heart behind starting the event? Because when I think about planning a big 
CrossFit event, it sounds like something that's really daunting, takes a lot of work and you're kind of doing it for other people, right? Like yeah. Oh, it's, 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 it's long laborious hours, uh, that our staff does. And it's totally for, uh, the community. Like we do it for them. Um, and honestly, if, if you do it for any other reasons, you won't last very long because it is, uh, it is, you know, very, very challenging. And there's a lot of planning that goes into it and a lot of work. So, uh, if we didn't love it, we wouldn't do it. And, uh, that's why we do it every year. And it, it is something that, um, I was wanting to do for a long time was really obviously scared because of how big and how much help I would need. Um, but I got the support from a lot of our staff and, uh, a lot of local people in the area. And that really kind of helped me be like, okay, I can do this. And so we somehow are able to pull it off year one. Um, still crazy that we did it. Um, but it's, it's only gotten better and more professional since then. And that is a testament to the, the, the community at CrossFit Courageous really who take a lot of pride in that event and, uh, take care of the athletes and they, they dedicate their weekends to, to helping us. So without them, we absolutely couldn't do it. Um, and you know, we, we just, we love it. We do it for the people and we continue to host it in many, many years to come. That's awesome. And that like CrossFit community is why I'm so biased towards CrossFit as a fitness modality, but I know that you are too. We both love CrossFit and it sounds like the event is kind of an overflow of your love for the community and the sport and everything that kind of is tied into it, really the people that are tied into it. But um, I want to talk a little bit, because CrossFit is a great modality for general physical preparedness, for fitness, but what do you, what is fitness to you, and what does, what does everybody need in their life as far as fitness goes from your perspective? Like, let's say that they just aren't interested in the sport or even being around other people or like any of the benefits that you get from being in a CrossFit community, but they just want to know like, what do I need to do so that I am healthy? Right. Yeah. Like you, fit. for one, you, you do not have to be interested in the sport at all to enjoy CrossFit. Like just because you enjoy going to your affiliate does not automatically mean that you would enjoy doing the sport. You know, mm, um, it's definitely yeah, a unique difference. sport. And for those who do love it, like we're able to provide opportunities to, uh, to compete around locally. Um, but it's absolutely not needed, but the definition of fitness to me has, man, it's, it's really evolved throughout the years. Um, I think now I really see your ability to be fit as really just defined by a lot of different things. Um, that would be physical, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I think being fit is being, I guess, capable um, because you can have all of the, I mean, you can have, you know, muscle ups for days, you can snatch 300 pounds, but if that's cost you all your relationships and you aren't very happy, then are you fit? And so that's kind of been that, that question that for mm -hmm. me has been bouncing around. And so to me, it's all areas of your life. Like to me, I think fitness and happiness tie in pretty, pretty, pretty closely, um, but it's obviously addressing the physical side that there's just, you can't replace the work that you have to put in the physical work, the, uh, you know, like CrossFit says, you're, you're defined by your, your weakest link. And it's about building your competency and the 10 general physical skills. Um, and it's about being able to do any task that's presented to you fairly well. And so, yeah, that's definitely a component to fitness. Um, but also mentally, 
your relationships with people, um, what you value, and are you living up to what you value? Like those things matter as well. And so I've, there's a lot of similarities between the CrossFit gym and the church that I've really have uh, learned throughout the years. And so this goes back to something that we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, but do you need to be fit to go to a CrossFit gym? Absolutely not. Like, do you need to be holy to go to the church? Absolutely not. Like, we're all sinners. Oh, wow. What a, uh, <laughs> yeah. what a parallel. Do you need to be fit? Ab- absolutely not. This is the place you go to get fit. Exactly. Does that mean you have to be fit? Absolutely not. Wow, that's a really good parallel. I think that's going to hit home with a lot of people just because we're in East Tennessee. Everybody's been to a Southern Baptist sermon at some point, <laughs> and they've heard a preacher say a church is not a place for saints. It's a place for sinners, right? Absolutely, yeah. And a CrossFit gym is not a place for fit people. It's a place for everyone because it's a healthy thing to do, and it gets you fit. It gets you there. Right, wow, but also cool if, you, if you think you are fit or having the notion that you've made it, it's all it's – you're also, you're never going to be there, you know, just like you're never going to be the holiest person you can be. Like there's always going to be room for growth within yourself. And so that's what's, that's what's kept me in the game this long. Um, There's, because I've never made it. I'm never going to be where I'm wake up and I'm like, I'm fit. I've made it. Yeah. No, would you be happy if you felt like that? You're never there. Right. Cause it would be, all right, well, what's the next thing? Yeah. You know, um, so it's that always striving towards being something that, you know, is never really going to be attainable, but you're always going to strive to um, be that way. And I think your perspective on it is everything. So there's two, you know, if you walk into a CrossFit gym, there's two ways you can look at it. You can say, wow, everybody in here is really jacked. They're super fit. They're working hard. This is not the place for me. Or you can go in and say, wow, Everybody's super jacked. They're very fit. They're getting after it. This must be a place where I can get fit. You know, I think that that perspective, like obviously what they're doing must be doing something. Right. So I think that same scenario, you can look at it two different ways. So I think that people's, you know, perspective and the way they view things is, is that needs to be incorporated into what it means to be fit. Like all, all all the factors need to be weighed. Yeah. It's a pursuit. It's not a destination. And I think there's a lot that can be learned practically from going through, like pursuing something that you will never achieve, but realizing that it's something that you do day in and day out to better yourself. And also just practically speaking, if you walk into a CrossFit gym and you're new, people are not going to look down on you because you are not at the level they are. I would say mostly people are excited about sharing their love for this thing that they've really enjoyed and gotten a lot out of. And they're super pumped when there's new people who they're going to get to see experience that journey. I mean, I get excited when there's new members in my class because I'm going to see how much fun they have getting fitter. And it's, I mean, it's cool to see people come in and you go to class for them for, for several months and then you see how much more fit they get. And it's, it just gets you really motivated too. Cause after you've been doing it for a long time, uh, results come slower. And so seeing new people get into a sport and get good at it is even more exciting. So everyone gets excited for each other. Everyone cheers for each other. Everyone's super pumped to see you hit PRs. It's an awesome community. It's the best part of CrossFit, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And we all remember our first time stepping into a gym. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we all remember our first workout. Uh, so that, that like relatability to that person is there and that, that shared suffering is what really builds the community together. So yeah, absolutely.
Oh yeah. And there's like, there's so many things in CrossFit that I still can't do. And so there's always stuff that I'm humbled by. And, you know, just because you're at a different point in your journey than the athlete who's doing more RX things than you are, doesn't mean that you're not both struggling the same amount and that you're not both like right. going through that right. pursuit. And together. they're always, there always will be like, I think an important thing for people who are doing CrossFit in a, in a CrossFit class, I think it's important to not label movements or things as RX or mm. whatever. We, we talk about this all the time. Like what is, what is RX? And people think it's a finite thing, right? But if you start labeling movements as RX, like let's just use the double under, for example, Oh, I can, I'm now RX. I've got the RX double under. Well, what happens when the workout of the day is triple unders? Everything has a scale up and down. So there's really no such thing as RX. Like when, when you start right. thinking about RX, it is, what is the prescription for you based on the workout? And when you start viewing it that way, that's when you're going to start to see a, a lot of progress being made because wow, I've, yeah, I've seen throughout the years, like if you just automatically just do whatever is on the board, that's going to be a recipe for what we talked about earlier, burnout. And it's going to be a recipe for you not making very much progress. And when you're not making very much progress, it's easy to either get burnout or just you don't enjoy it anymore. But that little bit of growth here, a little bit of growth there, it's not always going to be linear. It's going to be up and down. But as long as the trajectory over this long period is tracking upwards, then that's what, you know, that's what matters. So I think that's a, that's a big one that we've worked with um, people at our gym in the past is like, there's no such thing as an RX athlete. There's no such thing as an RX movement. Now, yeah, yeah. Are there movements that are going to be prescribed that you know, you're going to see more than others. Yes. But that does not mean that there's always going to be a scale up. Once you get ring muscle ups, then you can start doing them weighted or you can start doing them strict handstand pushups. You can always create more of a deficit. So there is going to be a scale for every movement for the person scaling down. There's also going to be a scale for the movement scaling up. So it's, it's like this infinite progression. And then you just figure out where along that progression you need to fall for the day. And that's what should be RX, not that point. Right. Like that's it's, It should be a moving point. Yeah, that's awesome. Dude, you brought a ton of value today, and I want to make sure that people know how to reach out to you or how to find your gym. So where are you guys located at CrossFit Courageous, for one? What part of town in Knoxville are you in? So we are um, underneath Pellissippi on Kingston Pike, like you're heading towards Turkey Creek. We're in the Level Heights Shopping Center okay. by uh, Fuji, if you know where Fuji is. Fuji. Okay. It's really close to honeybee too, right? Cause close to honeybee. Right yeah. Okay. Yeah. Honeybee would be, if you're, if you're going towards Turkey Creek passing under Pellissippi, we'd be before honeybee. Okay. So if that sounds something that's convenient to you and you're looking for a fitness family and somewhere to get fit and experience that, then I would definitely recommend CrossFit Courageous. And how can they get in touch with you guys? Where should they look for you online? Uh, so we just actually launched a new website um, about a month ago. So the new www.cfcourageous.com has got all of our information about the gym on it. Um, but if anybody has just any questions or wants to connect with me personally, then they can always email me, Zach at cfcourageous.com. Or you can shoot me a message on Instagram or Facebook. And Okay. And what's your socials? Uh, at Zach Quayle 32 on Instagram. Okay, sick. And I will link all those in the show notes. So you can just scroll down and find those there to, uh, go on over to them. Also link the website. 
So a couple questions that we have for every guest to close us out. What is your favorite way other than CrossFit to stay active in Knoxville? Ooh, I love playing uh, beach volleyball in the summer. So Kate and I, we love um, going and playing volleyball, but man, really just anything, mountain biking, um, swimming. Our parents just finally finished uh, uh, their pool that we had a lot of uh, issues with, but now that the pool is up, we're like, we're swimming all the time. So just, just staying active, staying moving. Um, But I love playing, really playing any sport. Um, You know, that's, that's part of the original definition of CrossFit is learn and play new sports. And so, uh, you know, my, my younger brother, they just got married and they got a croquet set for, uh, and at the registry in the registry. And so we've been playing croquet the last couple of weekends, uh, and just having so much fun with it. So really just anything, right. Is enjoying your body and like being able to use it. Right. What what good is your fitness if you can't use it? That's the way I see it, you know? So, um, that can be hiking, mountain biking, just doing something different, having fun. Okay. So what superpower would you have if you could have any superpower and why? Oh man. Hmm. I would guess I would go with super strength. Man, very typical. Super, super <laughs> I mean, very, yes, very typical answer. Um, but I think for you, not right, for right. Well, super strength. <laughs> like it, 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 you could create a lot of opportunities that way. So, okay, cool. I like it. So, uh, I know that you gotta, we gotta get you out of here so you can go cr- coach the next CrossFit class, influence those members in a positive way. So yes, sir. thanks so much for coming on Zach. It's been awesome. You've added a ton of value. I definitely think we're going to have you back. There's so much more I want to talk to you about, but thank you guys for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of the active Knoxville podcast. That's awesome. It. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, man. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Active Knoxville podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, take a moment to leave us a five-star review. If you really want to help us reach more people with this information, take a screenshot and share it to your Instagram stories. Tag us at Active Knoxville and we will repost it. See you guys next time.